Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Media Vine On Air. I'm your host, Jenny Guy. Today we're talking about traffic. Not the Academy Award winning movie from 2000, but the people who come to your website. Like money, traffic is one thing most of us always want more of. But how do you get it? For this Summer of Live episode originally recorded back in 2018, I was joined by veteran bloggers and instructors Stephanie Keeping and Lena Gott. Stephanie is creator of the wildly popular website Spaceships and Laser Beams, and Lena is the face behind the website What Mommy Does and her courses at Adventures in Blogging. These ladies loaded the episode with action items to turbocharge your traffic growth, so be prepared to take a lot of notes. If you like what you hear, like and follow Mediavine on Facebook, and never miss another broadcast. And of course, subscribe, download, and give us that sweet ratings love wherever you're listening. If you want to connect with our guests, we have links to them in our show notes. For now, let's grow that traffic. You're listening to Mediavine On Air, the podcast about the business of content creation. From SEO to ads and social media to time management, if it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your on-air host, Mediavine's Jenny Guy. We've already got a bunch of people saying hi to us. It is Thursday. It is summer. That means we are live at the Mediavine Summer of Live, and I am beyond ex- I know I say this every week, but I am beyond excited about this week's guests. We're talking about how to grow your traffic, and I've got two incredible experts. It's one of the questions we're asked every conference, everywhere we go. How do I get to the 25,000 sessions traffic threshold for Mediavine? And I couldn't have two better people on here. I have Lena God of What Mommy Does, and I have Stephanie of Spaceships and Laser Beams. Well, I want to let you guys talk and say hi yourselves first. Lena, you want to you wanna start us out? Well, my name's Lena, and I've been blogging about 10 years, a few years for someone else, and then about seven on my own site. My main site is What Mommy Does, and I actually have where I write about personal finance, family, family finance, fun with kids, things like that. And then I also, for the past couple of years, have had a second site that's just a thinkific learning course for bloggers called Adventures in Blogging, where I teach bloggers how to get more traffic and more income while not working as hard because a lot of bloggers I know are stay-at-home moms like me trying to fit in blogging in between juggling family and everything else. And so that's what I focus on. And um, I actually use my degree for that. I'm a CPA by trade and blogging is just the thing that I decided to do instead of going back to work as an accountant. This is what I do full time now. Awesome. And Stephanie. Yeah, I um I blog at Spaceships and Laser Beams, which originally started as an Etsy store, and now I don't have an Etsy store; I just have a blog. <laughs> and um, funny how those things work. I also I answer questions daily, uh, along with seven other bloggers at um, Bloggers Tell All, which is like a, a membership and reference site and Facebook group that we basically we tell all any question, we'll try to answer it. And my dogs got- lost their minds. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yay, perfect. Um, well, I'm so I actually got to hang out with the the bloggers tell all group in Fort Worth um, earlier this summer, and they're a blast. They're 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 some great ladies, and they they know their they know their stuff big time. So I, I highly recommend. And I know I've known Lena for years, and I highly I know that these ladies know know they've got the goods. So let's let's jump right in. Um, I know people will have questions for you. We've got some stuff that I know that we want to talk about that we've talked about before. And I think let's start with SEO and go just go there first. Talk to me about keywords, how to use them, how to accurately use them. How, are they important? How, how have you implemented a keyword strategy on your sites? You go first. Okay. okay. Um, And I teach my students about this too. I think a lot of times people get really scared about SEO and really it's not, it's not as complicated as you think. A lot of it I find is just common sense. The best thing that I can tell somebody to do is start out when you're trying to learn keyword optimization is, you know, start out with something that you know that you can rank for. Like just go and Google like a normal person. Don't worry about what tool that I need to use or anything like that. Just go into Google and look, search for a phrase a longer phrase, maybe three or four words, and then look at the search results and see if there's something that there's missing content on. Like say you search for um, one of my most recent posts that I did was how to make your house smell like a spa. Okay. 
I searched it because I was interested in what spas smell like. And I realized that nobody's really writing about that. So I wrote about it and it started ranking really well right away because people weren't, weren't writing for that, but there's a lot of people searching for that. So you can find lots and lots of keywords without trying very hard just by going into Google and using common sense and just searching around. And I think that's a really good way to start with, with SEO. Yeah. And I, I would say, I mean, keywords are critical. If you, if you pick something that's too low, it, sometimes the traffic is not worth your time. So you, you definitely want to pick something um, like and look at volumes as you progress. I don't want anyone who's starting to kind of like, you know, day two of their blog to worry. But if you are a little more advanced, um, Lean and I were just talking how I use SEMrush or SEMrush, however you want to say it. It is expensive. And this this is non-Mediavine approved what I'm going to say, but some bloggers do uh, join with their friends and pay for it. It's $100 a month. So I've heard of bloggers joining together. I just don't want the price to stop anybody because I think it can be a game changer. But I think like for me, when I'm looking for a keyword, I'm looking for something that I, so I call it a keyword vocabulary, which is not a real thing. Um, it's a Stephanie thing. So you, like, I want to pick something that has, you know, like a lot of searches. So say chili or parenting or whatever it is, but then has a lot of smaller variations on that. So if it was chili, then it would be like best chili recipe, you know, um, hot chili recipe, those types of things. Um, so that there's more opportunities to rank. So you're starting to build that vocabulary. So there's, you're not just focusing on one thing. So I hope that makes sense. You're starting to then create this vocabulary of words in your post that Google likes that gives you more opportunities to be found. And then there would be a lot of, also they call them long tail keywords. So these are, you know, like how to make your um, house smell like a spa. So in the case of chili, you know, it would be, you know, um, can I put black beans in my chili? Like things like that. So you're just really looking for something that a lot of people are looking for a lot of different different variations on. Yeah, no, so so Melissa says, um, may seem silly, but how do I know what keywords are performing? Like I go to Pinterest and what I'm posting to see what their recommendations are. Is that the same? So in, in Google, there's ways to do it where you don't see volume and then there's tools you can use where you can see volume. And I, I think Lena might know more tools than I do because I, I am exclusively SEMrush. So if you Google something, I'm gonna stick on chili because I have a one track mind. Now, if you ch Google chili recipe, you're gonna see Google start to auto-populate the same way Pinterest does. And if you, you know hit enter it's and you scroll to the bottom of the page, you're also gonna see some variations that Google will give you. So that's just a way to look and see kind of what related searches are just like Pinterest. So Lena King, do you have any free tools that you recommend? I used to, I used SEMrush ever since I saw some of the tutorials that you did. Um, but all this time, so for the last nine and a half years until very recently, I just use common sense for mine. And I do a lot of testing. So I would say that's key. So, you know, you will go into Google and you'll find some keywords. And I think there might be, there's a, there's a tool by Neil Patel, and I can't remember the name of it, that Uber suggests keyword ideas. And that's a good place to start too. Like if you're, I, I always say that your success with SEO comes down to your ability to brainstorm and think outside the box. Like with my posts, I would just keep going on the same example with the, you know, house smell like a spa. Like I don't just rank for house smell like a spa. I make for make your house smell good. This, the best scent diffusers for your home. Uh, words like that. And there are tons of different phrases, like you were saying, like not just one phrase that might have like 30 people searching it for per month. And this is where you have to temper kind of what the keyword tools tell you, right? So if some, a keyword tool tells you, well, this search term is 30, key, 30 people per month. If let's say you rank your post for 10 or 20 of those keywords, I mean, that's a lot of traffic. And if you're one of the only people writing about it, that's a decent amount of traffic, especially if you're optimizing your, your images too. I said all that to say, I don't really have a recommended tool other than I like SEMrush if you really are into the tools. But I think a lot of times you still have to learn the, the good old fashioned way of just digging into the search results and seeing, can I rank for this? And one of my students in my courses, she has a, um, it's a blog about going on adventures. And we were talking about, she wanted to rank for hiking boots. And so I pulled up Google and I said, all right, let's see what happens. And so we typed in hiking boots. And then, of course, well, you know, when it comes back, the search results, you know, the top ones are like REI, 
Amazon, Hiking Nation. I just made that one up, but you know what I mean? Like they're all like legit hiking things or big retail websites. And you got to kind of temper the idea you have with whether or not you can actually beat that website, you know, and is this little blog going to really beat out REI, you know, for that word? No, but there are lots of other words that she can go for and still write about hiking boots, but know that she might not show up at the top for hiking boots, but she might uh, show up at the top for best hiking boots for short trails or something like that. And I think what Lena said is the best tip we can give for someone starting an SEO. If you are thinking about writing about something, Google that term. And if there are no bloggers showing up in the top results, forget it. Mm -hmm. You have a really, unless you're an authority site on that subject, you're going to have an incredibly hard time ranking for that. I agree. I agree. You want some bloggers there, even if it's a big blogger, because blog means no big businesses are doing it. And these people have big SEO teams. You don't want to play you play with that because you're not going to win. Or yeah, or Google, like, you know, for hiking boots, it's the intent, right? So when someone types in hiking boots, they want hiking boots. They don't want a blog post about hiking boots. One more thing about the SEO side. A lot of people don't think of this. And this is one thing I talk about in Adventures in SEO. A lot of times, you know, somebody might have a great blog post on the topic but they actually don't optimize any images or very few images on it. So if you're like me, and maybe it's just because I'm an image person, a lot of times I'll search on Google and I'll go straight to the image search results. And I will search for an answer that way because I wanna see the example of it or I just wanna see what's available because I'm a visual person. There are a lot of people like me out there who are just looking for the visual example. So if you can spend some time optimizing your images behind the scenes, that's the, the title of your image, like. I'll smell good JPEG or whatever. And also the, the description of the image itself that is really going to help you in Google. And then the same concepts also apply to Pinterest. So when you optimize for Pinterest, you want to use your keywords and describe them in a certain way that gets them ranked in Pinterest. And the same, a lot of people might not know this, but a lot of the same pins that rank in Pinterest for a term will then rank high on Google when there's low competition which is a really great indication. Like Stephanie was saying, if you see lots of bloggers in the search results, if you see lots of pins in the search results on page one, that's an extra, extra good indication that it's a topic that you can probably go after and have a good chance of because imagine Google doesn't want to return a bunch of pins, right? It wants to return lots of relevant content for it. And so if there's a bunch of pins showing up in their search results, especially the bottom half of the page sometimes, that's a good phrase that you, know, you should consider, I think. All amazing stuff. Uh, the, the things that so far, I, I want to go two directions. I either want to talk about optimizing images for site speed purposes, because I know that that is a huge element in traffic. The other thing I want to talk about is Pinterest, because anyone as a new person or a new blogger has been told that Pinterest is the way to grow their traffic the fastest. So ladies, do you have a preference on which way to go? Also, now I want chili and for my home to smell like a spa. So you've done that. You've won me over. <laughs> that's a good they, they're not they're not meshing well the spa and the chili unless it were like a chili spa which i don't know yes yeah, so i think maybe um let's talk about talk about image optimization because i will say to people if you have a really slow site everything that lena and i just talked about is not for you because you have an uphill battle if you have a slow site getting pinterest and google traffic so the number one thing you can do is some simple things to make your site a bit faster. Mm -hmm. Could you give us an example of a few of those things? Yeah, well, I would say the first thing just to make it easy is to Google. Oh my gosh, is it Google Page Speed? Google Insights? Page Speed Insights, yeah. Google, put your site in. I mean, there's a ton of different ones, but at least that's a starting point and see what you're at. A lot of blogs, especially if they're still trying to qualify for Mediavine, won't have a site speed score because there's not enough data, but at least you'll have an optimization score and some recommendations. And if you're red or yellow, if you're red, especially the number one thing you should focus on is not being red anymore. Um, <laughs> basically, definitely. So what I do for image optimization is I'm saving my images off for web and they're sized exactly as they need to be. So, you know, I don't, size them a thousand by 2000 when my site is 620 by 930. So they're sized as is, they're low resolution. And I also have an image 
compressor on my site. So there's mm -hmm. there's two that I know that are recommended. I don't know if Mediavine has others or if Lena has others, but that's Short Pixel, which is a plugin, and Im Imagify, I am A G I F Y, and you can go on the site themselves and test. So I had one blog that Short Pixel went on no problem. My main blog because I had poorly optimized my images, like over optimized them years ago, it made them look horrible. So I ended up going with Imageify, but I would try short pixel first because I think it has the best algorithm. Those are, yeah, those are the two that we do recommend actually are, are short pixel and Imageify. And I think everybody who has any involvement with Mediavine knows that we're pretty darn obsessed with site speed and site speed with regards to ads is kind of a, is a tough thing. It's it's a hard, and we know that that's so. That's um, can you guys talk a little bit about your experience with Mediavine in terms of ads and slowing your, and slowing down? Yeah. Um, so like Stephanie, I had incorrectly done my images for a long time, and actually, um, I want to tell anybody if you're you're stressed out about this, if you see a really low score, and you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't even know what I'm doing wrong pay a little bit of money and get a tech person to come in and help you with that. Like I could not have fixed this myself after years and years and hundreds of posts of them being incorrect. I, I had uploaded things as PNGs. I had um, videos uploaded to my site, which apparently is really not the thing you should do. Um, Excel files hosted on my site. I mean, I had all kinds of images. I didn't know any better. What we had to do was um, actually pay for Amazon. And I'm going to say it wrong. Let's say it's cloud. Cloudflare or something like that to mirror my images and also use some kind of compressor to basically serve up the images because I had so many, like thousands of images bogging down my site. And my site actually kept going down. It kept saying, you've exceeded bandwidth, like we shut your website down. And I thought it was my host at first and it turned out it was just my images. Like all the people coming to my site were trying to access too many resources. So if you can fix that, not only will your site get faster, I mean, your site won't go down. Do not get to that critical point because that was like really, really stressful. So Amy it, did ask about how much it would cost to have someone help. And I will tell Amy that I have spent thousands and thousands of dollars over the years, but you can find good people for less now, a lot less now. And it's going to cost a couple hundred, I think for sure, up to a couple thousand, just depending. I would encourage you to reach out to your host and see what they'll do for free for you. <laughs> Talk to Mediavine and see what, what they can do for you. And then if you're comfortable, install the image compressor yourself. And also there's a plugin called Auto Optimize that a lot of us have had success with. I will say if you're not a tech person, go slowly. I had one blog that it was just fine. The other blog, because the hosting wasn't good enough, it basically grinded to a halt but a lot of people have had success with that but i would again caution people to really if you're not a hundred percent solid on what you're doing is to seek advice we have some uh we've got a lot of people asking questions and in the comments people saying that they've checked their speed on gpsi and it's super slow we actually have a, a great blog post on the mediavine blog about using short pixel if one of my associates will drop that in and we've got um, a couple of questions here. Someone was saying, yeah, any rec recommendations for people? We, we've worked a lot with Lauren Gray of Once Coupled at Mediavine, but if you're a Mediavine publisher, email in and ask. I think Facebook groups are great resources too, for sure, for asking. So could we talk a little bit about uh, Pinterest now and ways that you guys have used that? Kind of segue into that a little bit. Pinterest is my least best <laughs> of my my three pieces of my pie Pinterest is my least so I just had to go find my notes about what I thought people should do <laughs> got it yeah. hey it, right it now, happens yeah I, I feel like Lena's gonna have a lot more to say here um I did talk to Jen so Jen Fishkind is at Princess Pinky Girl and he lives and breathes Pinterest and she's one of the bloggers who's bloggers tell all so I asked her and she said if you're feeling pressure with Pinterest, she usually, she thinks they're really focused on creators right now. And she thinks it will take time, but that it's going to change. So all of us that have had trouble over the last year, there's hope. Um, she did say to visit the Pinterest best practices page. I can put the link in after in the comments, but it is 
some of it's really straightforward, but there's some good little nuggets or refreshers in there. The one thing that I do, I find that I, I really chase the things that are bringing me traffic. So I will go into Google Analytics and find the pins that are bringing me traffic, no matter who they're from. And oftentimes they're like Sally Joe from Wisconsin who has 20 people following her. And they're the ones sending me a ton of traffic. I repin those. I repin whatever is giving me juice to my best boards and go that way. I have Tailwind set up on Smart Loop, and which is in beta as well as some other Tailwind stuff happening. And I think those are are, are my best things. Um, I'll also go in to Pinterest and search. Like, so say I know that Chili gets a lot of traffic from Pinterest. I will actually type in chili recipe and scroll till I see my pins and repin those pins that showed showed up. And you can, if you, I mean, if you don't have that, if you're newer, you can actually go to, um, it's like pinterest.com slash your username source, one or the other, I'll put it in and see what people are pinning from your site and repin those and just try to get some traction. But definitely chase what's working has been my best strategy there. And Lena, I do all those things that Stephanie said. I probably have a little bit lazier strategy a little bit, but I don't have smart loop yet. It's I guess it's still in beta for most. There's people. a lot of bugs, so okay. nobody feels that yet. That. But I do agree, especially when you're trying to qualify for Mediavine. Like you want to capitalize on what's already working and then forget the rest. I think a lot of people get caught up in I need to pin everything. I need a pin strategy to get all my pins to all my group boards and things like that. And really, it's not going to benefit you as much as if you focused on the things that are already bringing you traffic. Because they, you know, not every pin or not every post of yours is going to do really well. You're going to knock some out of the park and some of them are just going to kind of languish there. If Pinterest likes this one pin about chili, I'm going to go, what I do is I'll go into Google Analytics about once a week and I pull up my referral sessions. And once you, I forget, I can't remember, I'll, I can post it later, like the, the path that you follow, but I want to say it's acquisition uh, behavior referrals. I think you can get the actual pin URL and just click the little box next to it and it'll the pin will pop up. I pin maybe the top 10 or 15 pins that are bringing traffic to my site. I just pull them up. I hit tailwind and I schedule them out to all relevant boards once a day for however many boards I have. So let's say I have 15 boards between my boards and the group boards. I'll schedule it out once a day for the next 15 days. And then I'll grab the number two pin and the three pin and the four pin. And I'll just do that for my top 15 or 20. And then I call it a day because I, you can't spend all your time on Pinterest repinning. And that's enough to keep your traffic up pretty well. And also kind of, I call it like the Pinterest snowball effect. Like if is the more you pin, the more people put that pin on their boards, Pinterest starts recognizing that image as an authority image. And if it's popular, it's going to stay pretty popular. It might not be viral. You know, we all have those that just do really well and they kind of fall back down, but it'll do consistently well. I mean, I have had pins that consistently bring me, you know, there's certain posts that can get many thousands of pages a month mostly based on Pinterest by doing this strategy. And you only need so many of those to qualify for Mediavine, right? Yeah. Like why fight it? Like do do what's working. And so mm -hmm. Melissa asked if she had a specific pin that brings traffic, would she repin re that versus the pin on her main board? I mean, I do both, but I would go after the pin that's giving you traffic, not one that's sitting on your board just because it's yours. If traffic is your goal. She she asked for a little bit of follow-up detail there. She said she has a picnic pin that is her top pin from someone else sharing. I have the main pin on my main site board, so I would share the first one. Yeah, the other person's pin. That's what I would do. I would do theirs because that's that's the one Pinterest likes. Yeah. And I would do more than just I mean, especially if you're trying to qualify, it's hustle time. I would also if you're if you have your tribe of bloggers, like put that pin, not a new post. If you're doing Pinterest sharing, if you're in Tailwind tribes, like put that pin in and see what you can do. And both of you have really been talking a lot about about qualifying for Mediavine. And I and you Stephanie said some great things and Lena has said some great things too. Since I finally twisted her arm enough last September and got her to come on. She's happy. She's glad I did it. Uh, but tell me, tell me a little bit about that and um, what you've seen in terms of with both of your great avenues with publishers to the reaction and, and what what that can mean and, and the difference. People who know me will know that I don't say things I don't mean. <laughs> so 
This is coming from a 100% honest place. It is a game changer. I think there's a few key moments in blogging where there are game changers. And one of them is hitting the Mediavine threshold because you're going to go from a $1 to $2 RPM to actual RPM that I don't know what a starting publisher makes, but I, I mean, it's going to be what, five, five times that, six times? I think, yeah, I think that's minimum. It depends on the season. Exactly. And the content and that. But All I mean, the things. We're talking no matter what, it is a significant game changer. And so the thought of going on live open like this makes me want to vomit. And But I agree to do it because I really do believe in the life-changing things that can happen once you're able to monetize from your blog and being with a quality ad network is is one of them. And and so I I am thrilled that you guys have a threshold that's attainable for people and that can can give them a significant living wage for their work. And I would encourage anyone who is close to just give it that extra hustle and qualify because it will it will change things. Excellent. Lena, do you have anything to add to that one? Yeah, I can speak to um, because you know that I was with I was with media.net for the longest, longest time, many years, and I was doing ads myself. And then I had already known Jenny. So I trusted her when I saw that she was with Mediavine. I was like, all right, tell me about Mediavine. Cause I was such a skeptic. I won't lie. Like I had really good um, RPMs before, but that was because I was taking a lot of measures to make sure I did. So on my site before I would have like three blocks from, you know, one ad network, a, a banner that was AdSense. And then I would have a sidebar that was like Amazon CPM. And I was layering on these ads. I wasn't tweaking them a lot, but I did have three ad networks going at all times. Yep. And then every once in a while I would add in a fourth, like if there was a special campaign and it wasn't a lot of work, but it was always in the back of my mind. Like I got to make sure these are going, if something was wrong, you know, if something wasn't serving up correctly, then I'd be like, Oh, should I switch this one out for this one? I would say the biggest benefit of going with Mediavine for me, even though I had well qualified it in many years before, many years before was just the, the headache that it took away from me that I didn't have to manage this myself anymore. So literally I just said, okay, see you later. I just, fired my other network, took down my ads that I was doing myself. And then I gave them access to my blog and all the things that I was doing before myself and had to worry about, it just magically happens now. And so, and the RPMs are equivalent. They're just as good. I would say just the ease of it is, is really great. And I've really liked also the communication that you guys have too, like the, the email updates that we get if something's going on or if rates, if you think rates are going to go up or down because you know the trends, those are really helpful to know. And I just think having done it myself all those years, it's just really helpful to have someone just kind of do it for you who's an expert at doing it and not just trying to do it yourself because you know, you're, you're writing, you're not really a tech person or an app network person. Very So we've got um, a lot of the people uh, are asking more questions and saying that Mediavine is their goal for 2019, which is uh, we're very excited to hear that. I told Lena she wouldn't regret it, and I don't regret my move to Mediavine, so I, 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 that's, that's my little gospel. Talk to me a little bit about being, quote, big bloggers at Mediavine. Is that, do you feel like it's hindered you in any way, being a bigger blogger and working with us? No. I <laughs> And stop, period. And chill. <laughs> no, I, I'm not in any, I mean, I'm not in any position where I want to move or care to move. Um, and I think my RPM is fantastic and it compares. Honestly, um, even if it was a little lower, uh, what I value from, from Mediavine is the honesty and that I feel like when I ask a question, I get an honest and thorough answer. And even if I was making less, that I would enjoy the cost of doing that. We'll make sure you don't make less. We'll make sure you don't. No, but even if I did is what I'm saying. Yeah. No, there's and I, I fully appreciate yeah. that. There's a value in having a partner that you trust. Yeah, completely agreed. Lena, did you have something? I'm sorry, other than a car alarm. Yeah. Stop oh stealing cars during our lives. <laughs> Already shut the windows because the, the uh, lawnmower was going and now the car's going off. No, I mean, I, I haven't regretted it one bit coming to Mediavine. And I think it's important. I want to point this out too, because people are going to, because we've already talked about site speed and we talked about whether or not we regret going to Mediavine. There's going to be a balance that you have to play and the expectations you have with how fast your site can be when you have ads on your site. So you might not get the best score if you have ads running on your site, but just know that's the that's the cost of running ads on your site. And it's to be expected that it's going to be a little bit slower because the ads are serving up. 
but that's okay because people are still coming to your site. You don't have a major problem with your images if you're optimizing them. I, and I'll also say, and I'm not, this is not smoke that I'm blowing. I want my house to smell like a spa. That we run every ad placement and on high frequency on our own owned and operated site, The Hollywood Gossip. And we are all very, very, very fast site. And almost any blog you can test and you can email into publisher support and you can have them kill your ads for two seconds and run GPSI side by side. We do, I've seen it happen. And the most I've ever seen it change is two points. I think that that's a pretty fair trade-off. We, we're always focused on speed. Can we get Let's, back to Monica's question there about- Yeah, okay. yes, because I love Monica it. Monica is in exactly where I love people to be, which is on the cusp. You know, it's not an uphill battle. She's um, got 19,000. I'm assuming it's page views, but it could be sessions. She said um, sessions. Oh, she said sessions? Okay. Yeah, she's real close. Okay. Yeah, super close. And she says she's posting new content two to three times a week and making new pins, which is fantastic. I'm going to say that I would love for Monica to drop one of those posts, one of those new posts, and go back and look at her top posts and promote in the time it would take her to create a new post, promote the things that are already working. And I think that she would get much bigger bang for her buck. Mm -hmm. Will you talk a little bit more about a promotional strategy, how you do that? I mean, I think it's for me, it's all in Google Analytics. So I am looking at the posts that have the most traffic and where that traffic comes from. And then if it's Facebook, I go share the posts that brought me the traffic. I ask others to share, you know, I have sharing arrangements. If it's Pinterest, it's about pinning to your best boards, putting it in tribes. If, if it's Google, it's a little different, but I would say like, particularly in social media, it's, it's about getting that content that's already bringing in traffic rather than a new untested thing. If you could just, you know, not forever, but right now, I think you would get a lot more value in it. And I'm just saying just one, like instead of making three new posts this week, just do two and take that time and promote your best, like your very best, best, best content. I think she would get there a lot quicker. Lena, do you have anything to add to that? I feel like as a stay-at-home stay-at-home mom who doesn't have a ton of time sometimes, you know, to to do everything that I want to do, like I would love to write three posts a week, but I just don't have the time to do it. But I still like to see the numbers go up. I would say two things. First of all, I would, if you're right there on the cusp, I would look at your best post, just like Stephanie said, and make a new pin for the best post that you have, or maybe the best two or three, because you already know what works. Maybe making a different pin and a different style that speaks to a different part of your post and repin that out is probably going to do a lot better than just a, a random post that you wrote that you don't know anything about those keywords or about you know how the pin might perform. Just duplicate what you already have. And the second one thing that you can do really easily is literally write a sister post to your top post. Look at your past your analytics for the past month and let's say I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, one of my posts that does really well is 15 things you can sell for extra cash. I might write, you know, 10 things you can sell tomorrow to make extra cash. You know, something simple. It's not the same post. I'm not going to write the same thing, but it's going to be to the same audience. And I know because the first one was super, super popular. This one is probably going to be pretty popular. And if it's your top post, then it's going to bring you some pretty good traffic that way. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic suggestion because I, I've actually done that for myself where I had, I actually did have a chili recipe that did really well on Facebook. So now we have a Mac recipe. Now we have a Google recipe like because you know your people like it it's an easy way to keep it going I would also say just to, to throw in my two cents here we're coming on Q4 and that's when you know that there are going to be specific posts that are going to be popular. They are every year. You know it's coming around. So start optimizing your Q4 content now so that by the time it rolls around, you're already ready and you're flushing all that content out and you'll easily pop up over the threshold with that. Okay, so Amy Johnson said, honk if you love Mediavine. Amy Johnson, you're my new favorite person. <laughs> Um, so we've got a couple of questions now. Uh, well, first, yes, my colleague answered it, but what is the threshold to join Mediavine? It is 25,000 sessions in a 30-day period. It's any 30 days. It does not have to be the first to the 30th. It's just hitting that, that sessions threshold, and that's in your Google Analytics. So the question everyone here is asking, uh, do you think making a video and promoting that is a good way to increase traffic for your best post. So video, I 
I, I'll let you guys go because it's the year of video at Mediavine and I already know what everybody wants, has, has our feelings. It is the year of video. They do really well, but it depends on the content. Mm-hmm. And I would say like I do for brands, I do lifestyle videos and I do recipe videos and there is no competition. The lifestyle videos fail, but brands still want them. The recipe videos take off. So I think it depends on the content for me. And I I would say that it depends on your blog too, because, you know, I write about finance. And so really, what kind of videos am I going to make? I don't know. But I do know that when I go to SEMrush and look at, you know, what my competitors are doing, it'll tell me, you know, three out of the top seven results have videos in their posts. So I would say for SEO, videos could help you if you're embedding them in your posts and you're trying to compete there. Like, let's say you're, Let's say you are on page one or you're at the very, but you're at the bottom or you're the top of page two. Adding a video when your competitors have one might be enough to push you up towards the top of page one. And it's like exponential amount of traffic versus being at the bottom. So I think it could help for SEO for sure. Yeah, I think you just have to analyze why you're doing the video, what it would be for. The other um, problem is when a food blogger who has a small audience expects to make a video and they pay quite a bit of money to get the video made and then it bombs. So videos are no guarantee of traffic, I would say, number one, especially if you don't have an audience or a built-in share system to get the video going. But if you were going to like dip your toes in the video market, I would say, if particularly, I think I'm talking about Facebook. Facebook and SEO are where I use videos. But I mean, we're talking about getting immediate traffic to qualify. So for me, if I was going to pick a post that to do a video on, I would find something that did well already as a picture. I I wouldn't on Facebook so that, you know, at least it did well. Like it's a type, it's a recipe that Facebook already likes your Facebook audience likes. So you have a better starting chance. So a lot of food bloggers, I know myself included, if we do a recipe, and put up just a photo of it or a photo collage and just that photo does well, that goes to the front of the queue for a video. So that's how I choose. We, yeah, I would say like in terms of traffic, I do think videos are helpful, but in terms of revenue, we've got a lot of people posting in the comments that video and all of our video capabilities have completely skyrocketed their RPM by five to $6 just by simply implementing them. And guys, no, I am completely with Stephanie. If you don't know enough, if you don't, if you're not sure that it's going to be in the sweet spot for you, do a top 10 post video, do a slideshow video, do anything just to start getting that content on your site and increase your revenue. It you can have, you can do it with one video. We actually have a blog post coming out that is going to be all about our video capabilities with an instructional video in the video. We call it video, video, video. Yeah. So. And I say, like, I mean, realistically, um, if you can't do it yourself, a video is going to cost you at least two hundred dollars. Um, and up and up. If you don't have that kind of money, and I don't, I don't want people to spend money they don't have for traffic they might not get. Um, there are a couple programs that you can use and take your pictures and create the video. So I would two. I think they're still both free or they're like two dollars. They're not expensive. Are Lumen Five and Kazoa? Like I don't know, K I Z O A. You can basically create videos from pictures in a minute, and I would say go that route first. And yeah. See, right? Like, no, we never want you to. And and Marcy just made a great point that said also offering video increases your rates for working with brands. There are no drawbacks to doing video. I think, yeah, I think if you're waiting to get into Mediavine to to see the real money start to roll in, do the conservative things, but start adding it. You like watching videos. I like watching videos. I watch tutorial. I watch food porn videos all the time. Like we we watch videos, and yeah. so it's a yeah. thing. It's, it's so hard because we're talking to so many people and I, I don't want someone who's making, I mean, I talk to people who make $30 a month from their ad networks. I don't, I don't, I think there's so many more important ways to spend money than to say, like, if you spend $300 on this video, all your problems will be solved. You know? Truly true. Yeah. Don't but, go for broke, rent the studio, do all the things like. Exactly. But it, I mean, if you are a food blogger who's making a great income and you're still not doing a videos, I think it's a mistake. We've had some people We're we're talking about the media line threshold and, and there's that. I'm going to skip down to here because our time is flying, ladies, uh, flying like a car thief in Lena's backyard. So <laughs> let's talk about. I know that you guys offered specific suggestions for Monica, who was asking about being so close to the threshold. 
I would like to just say, what are three things you can do right now today to grow your traffic? Like if you had, if you had to you any using any medium, using any, any resources up to our disposal. I'm going to do four because I added one. Um, that is against the rules. And you I said three. I am a rebel. <laughs> so um, my bonus one I'll say first is that um, I want everyone to go to their site on their phone. And if it looks like a hot mess, I want you to fix it. Because nobody is coming. So well, I'm going to say nobody. Very few people are coming to your homepage and coming to your site on your the desktop, except for you. Make sure, you know, your logo's nice and small. You have content. Um, look at how people can share. I mean, make sure the fonts, you can read all that fun stuff. You have to get intimate with your site on a phone. There's just no way around it. That was my bonus one though. And it was like a rant, really not advice. But it's, we, if you want to see someone rant, talk to Eric Hochberger about people who don't look at their sites on mobile. Leah's doing it right now. Oh my gosh, because my site is printables heavy. And so I actually have more desktop traffic than I do mobile. So I always, I use my site on desktop and I think more than half my people do, but I just forget about those other 45% of people. I know. And it's climbing, right? I used to be significantly desktop heavy and it has changed over the last year where I'm down to 30% desktop now. Okay, now for the three that I'm allowing you. So I would say, number one, I want people to go in Google, Google Analytics and I want them to pull the posts that bring in the top 75% of their traffic right now. I can describe how to do that. I can't off the top of my head, but I can go back and put it in the comments if anyone wants to do it. Um, and basically you're going to add up the percentages till they get to 75% of your traffic. And those are the posts I want you to focus on. Those are your most important, the ones that should go in your newsletter. They should be, you know, if, if they're favorable on Facebook, they need to go on Facebook. If it's Pinterest, they need to go Pinterest. You just need to be working those. And if you're doing three to five blog posts a day, stop and start remarketing those in that time. That was not my number one. Also sounding very ranty. <laughs> uh, number She's two. She's taking us to church. I am. Number two, I want you to go find your tribe of bloggers if you don't have one already. And this is where this is where you're going to grow. I mean, these are the people who are going to be your ride or dies. Um, if you are, you know, a lone wolf right now, you create that tribe. And what you want to do is aim for people just a little bit above you. Don't go contact someone who has six million followers. They're they're probably not going to answer you. And don't be offended. It's just because they're a, their email's a hot mess. Like. Right. You want people just a little bit above you and you're going to grow together. If you outgrow them, you get a new tribe or whatever, but you need to find your people. And then I would say um, my third one is I think people should install push notifications because there's a way to get around social media and algorithms. And even if you only have a small bit of traffic, say if you had... 200 push subscribers and 30% of them clicked. Um, I should not have picked those numbers because I can't do the math. But every push you send is guaranteed traffic. And I think that would also help. So that would be my my three tips. Those are awesome. Lena, are you also going to break my rules? Or do no, you have three? Actually, I only had two. So also that is a breaking of the rule. Ladies, I feel like we've already talked about a lot of things. Get it together. <laughs> Three is not a high number. Okay, I'll add a third. I got it. Okay. Okay. Well, we already talked about one, which is just see what already has done well and do more of that. Like, you cannot stress that enough. Like, in the early days, like, it's almost like you, like Stephanie said, you got to kind of live in Google Analytics to learn from what's working. But until you have a critical amount of content, you don't have anything to learn from. It's like a which comes first. So in the beginning, just work on getting some stuff out there and then finding what works and then do more of that. And then try some new things while you're still doing the things that work, try some new things and then you'll add to that pile of things that work. And then over time, like Stephanie was saying, if you're going to promote your top post, maybe you have instead of two that do really well, you have 35 that do really well. And then you're just adding to that catalog of excellent content that you have to re-promote out there. And um, then after a while, you, you really don't have to recreate, recreate the will at all. You know, when I sit down to write, I don't write something completely new usually, um, except for that stinky house post, because I wanted to try that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I know that when I sit down, for instance, for me, it's printables. If I want guaranteed traffic, I'm going to create a printable 
and I'm going to find the right keywords for it. And I'm just going to push it out there into Google and into Pinterest. Um, and I actually don't use Facebook that much. And that's the other thing. You don't have to be everywhere at once. You know, I tried as a financial blogger, someone who writes about finances and creates printables to just do Facebook. I tried and tried. It was like beating my head against a wall because I just, I just don't understand Facebook in that way. And also Facebook just doesn't like finance. Like you can't say things like make money from home. You can't say things like that. And so if you have one of those niches that's really funny on Facebook, don't stress out about it and go find the other platform that's going to work for you, whether it's Pinterest or Google or even YouTube or Twitter or whatever. So I guess that's two. Find the platform that you love, one or two, and then focus on those or three. And then the third one, actually I have four now, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the third one is interlink your content. And if you don't know what I mean, go to Stephanie's blog because I think she's really good at this. You write a post about your chili recipe, that's a great example. If you write a post about this amazing chili recipe and that that recipe isn't exactly what the person's looking for, then you say right in the middle of the post near the top, hey, like this, maybe you'll like this one and this one and this one and this one. So that one person that comes to your blog for that one post then has the chance to, it's like a jumping off point for all the different places on your blog where they can find similar or helpful, like complimentary information. And then along the same lines is the fourth one is write roundups of your own content if you have enough. Um, instead of recreating the will, if she has a chili recipes, I might, you know, for instance, if she's got lots of fall recipes, you know, the five best fall chili recipes, that's a new blog post. And if she didn't have to write anything new and she knows it's going to get traffic because it always does well for her. And then it's just capitalizing on what, uh, what already did really well. I'm writing that down. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's, it's very true. And, and at, on our, on the media, like we have, I have a rule of three links to inner content per post minimum. Like that's the low end. I always try to do way more than that. Give people a reason to stay on your site. Give people a reason to click around. Okay. We have a lot of people asking about how they find their tribe. Exactly what they're doing in the comments. I think ask mm -hmm. and don't get butt hurt if someone says no. <laughs> Right. You just keep asking. You find you want to find people who have like the theory of abundance, that whole belief that um, I'm going to totally mix like metaphors and cliches, but that <laughs> a rising tide lifts all ships. So you want to find people who aren't competitive, that who believe that if I share you and you share me, we'll grow together. You know, there's more than enough. You want to find the people with that philosophy. Ideally, they're a little bit bigger than you so they can help you. But it, I mean, it's not, I know bloggers who have tribe members who are varying sizes, but you know, someone might have a big Pinterest following and someone might have a big Facebook following and that works really well together. So um, I think you just, you just want to ask and, you know, keep an eye out and, and, and ask some more and just build it. Anything from you, Lena, on the tribes real quick? Uh, same thing. Like, you know, just be, it's just like real life, just be a good friend. So you see somebody in a group, you're in a group together, you have similar blogs, say, hey, you want to work, you know, you know, you got, you want to collaborate on this. You, you can do favors all the time. You can say, hey, I just went to your Pinterest account and um, scheduled out a bunch of your pins because I love your stuff. You want to like team up and, you know, you schedule mine sometimes and I'll schedule yours. I mean, I could probably be a lot better at that. I don't do it as often as I should, but you know that once you make a good friend, they're going to, they're going to want to help you out. And so if I'm, if I'm hunting for stuff to pin, I don't just guess. I go to my friend's blog boards and then I pin their stuff. And then they do the same for me. And over time, you know, like we link back and forth. If I'm writing a chili post and they have a chili recipe, I might say, check out Stephanie's chili recipe. I really like it too. Or something like that. And then over time, you just kind of, you build a camaraderie and then you, you're not alone in this blogging thing, you know, sitting behind your computer in your kitchen by yourself. I was gonna say it's the beautiful thing about blogging in the niches that we're in is that it's the other bloggers and how willing everyone is to help each other. I think once you start looking, you'll find your people easily. Marie, uh, just actually, we had someone ask if they needed Tailwind and I don't know if we have the time to answer that one. And we also just, but um, if we could ask Lena and Stephanie to check out the comments on the video and, and, and post those. And Marie also said she did an interview for a big blogger and she emailed it to them to hopefully get content with that. Yeah, syndicate your content if you can. Get get all that wonderful link juice coming back to you and you get a lot of that by being a, a good blog citizen and being a good internet citizen. And I think that that's my man, my coworker who is a Mediavine co-founder always says, at first be kind, if nothing else, be kind. So 
start with that. Uh, guys, we're running out of time. This has been wonderful. I want you guys to, uh, the, the last thing before we go, let them know where, where they can find you and follow up with you and take advantage of all this amazing knowledge. Lena is actually writing a organic traffic growth blog post for the Mediavine blog. That's going to be coming out a little bit later this month, so stay tuned for that. Sad face, everyone. There are only two more Mediavine Summer of Lives. It's almost over. However, we do have um, something that's coming up that we will not be getting rid of our lives. This will be continuing just in a different way. And we're excited to tell you about that. Next week, I have the Mediavine Publisher Support a team they're amazing they're going to be here they're going to be doing support desk live answering your questions optimization seo ad problem all the things they're going to be here with me and we're very very excited you guys lena and stephanie thank you so much for being here and please tell everyone where they can find you thank you oh i actually put together a pretty link so this will be easy because my site is really complicated to remember um, on thinkific but if you go to what mommy does slash mini m-i-n-i It'll take you to a new challenge that I've just put together specifically for bloggers who want to get up on their traffic game and income game. It's not just traffic. It's alternating days. It's a five day challenge, one day traffic, one day income in time for Q4 because Q4 we all know is like the biggest time ad budgets are high. People are buying things like it's really when you want to get your ducks in a row like this month, July, August, September is like the big time to get your content out there and get your strategy in place. So if you go to what mommy does com slash mini it'll take you to the challenge and it's free you can sign up for it and it'll send you like five daily emails and also you can get into the free course on thinkific i blog at spaceships and laser beams and i answer blogging questions in a, a paid group it's called bloggers tell all you can get there i think it's bloggers tell all.teachable.com if anyone's interested absolutely i know they are everyone's already saying that they've uh, they're already starting lena's five-day traffic program <laughs> and they're finding it super helpful so we've got some motivated people stephanie's we, course uh, is really good i mean stephanie's group and she teaches a lot of seo in there so do it. And also another SEO resource that um, is, is also the Theory of Content podcast co-hosted by Amber Racegirdle. So there's a lot of great things that we, we have and we're going to keep giving you the resources as much as we can. We so appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much to Lena and Stephanie for being rock stars and amazing. And thank you guys so much for watching us. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine On Air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.